why don't we play that video right now? Right? Can we play that, that video in there before I get started? Hey church, welcome wherever you're joining us in from, whatever campus you are in today, welcome. We're so glad you're in church. We're going to have a great, great Sunday together. I want to just quickly update you. Uh, obviously, you're aware of the situation that's going on right now in India with COVID-19 and just the outbreaks that are going on there. And, as a church across our nation, Elam NZ has put an appeal out to our churches to support our partners who are there leading churches in India. Their situation is incredibly dire. So as a church, we have committed uh, a portion of finances towards uh, the appeal that is going on there. We want to support our churches, our pastors, our ministries, and do our part to help those guys there. So appreciate your prayers and your continued support in that. That would be absolutely amazing. Today, we begin a brand new series. It's called Culture Shift. Now, we live in a world right now where culture is just shifting. There are dominant ideologies and viewpoints and politicalness that is going on all over the place. And really, if we're not careful, this can pull us and sway us in our faith. And so we're going to take this series to address some of those and come back to the firm foundation and build our lives on the Word of God. Uh, it's going to be a great series and, and I cannot wait for you to be part of it. Also, for all our dream teamers, we love you no matter what you do, no matter where you serve. You're amazing. You make the dream a reality and we want to honor you and bless you. So coming up is our dream team appreciation night on the 19th of this month. Uh, we want to honor you. We want to thank you. We want to love on you. You guys are absolutely amazing. Thank you for all you do. You truly are making a massive, massive difference. God bless you, church. Have an amazing day, an amazing Sunday. Can't wait to see you again sometime soon. Thanks, Pastor Steve. Pastor Steve, our senior pastor. We are one church that meets in eight locations. And, and I love the, the fact that here at Elam Christian Center, we exist to be a center of hope, to reach, serve, and influence our world. And, and who knows that our world needs hope today? And, and hope is only found in Jesus Christ, right? Hallelujah. Well, today, part one of our series called Culture Shift, and, and, and we're going to unpack uh, this thought of, of how we live in our world today where culture seems to be moving so far away from our God values. How do we live? What, what do we do? How do we, how do we navigate uh, this, uh, this, this culture that seems to be going against uh, everything that we believe at times with new laws and different ideologies and different things that are happening in our world. So, so we're going to unpack this over the next few weeks. And I, I want to give you a little bit of a, a heads up next week. Uh, we have a special guest, some great friends of ours, uh, Pastor Ants and Puru Covers, uh, who lead a great church in Hamilton. He's going to be, or well, they're going to be here next week uh, speaking on this series as well. But can I give, I just want to give you a little point. Uh, Puru is an incredible vocalist, going to be singing next week. This Cook Island girl, she can sing. Uh, so, so make sure you're here next week. That's going to be a great great series. But can I also uh, let you know this, if, if you're really interested in digging deeper into uh, this uh, train of thought about culture shifting, uh, there's a great book that you can get called The Daniel Dilemma by Pastor Chris Hodges. Uh, you, does anyone want this? Oh, you can get it from the thing afterwards. Uh, you can have that afterwards. Darling, you can have it. There you go. That's my other daughter. Great. Uh, <laughs> But, but it's a great book to unpack the life of Daniel and how he managed and navigated through uh, his culture that he was in. So part one, part one today. So how do we do this? How do we navigate this? Well, well Galatians chapter 5 verse 6, it says this, the only thing that counts. And, and now when you hear a statement like that, you kind of need to take notice of it because what's coming next is, is something that is going to change everything. That there's only one thing, the most important thing, he says the only thing that counts is faith. 
That, that's faith in, in God and our relationship with him. And, and is faith expressing itself through love? And so the writer is saying here, this one thing is so important, and I want you to know that, that faith in, in Jesus Christ, our faith in God is, is, is so important, but it's to be expressed with love. And, and I, I don't know about you, but every week we, we, we hear stories or we see more about protests and about, and about keyboard warriors online and, and just this, this opinions. We're a, actually, in, in general, we're a really opinionated society today, right? Uh, and, and a lot of that maybe is thanks to the internet and social media where we can, we can speak into things and we can be, sometimes we can be critical and even say hurtful things. And, and this morning I want to unpack this whole thought that even though culture is changing, we can influence it through love. And that we can influence people with love. And, and, and I'm going to just kind of really quickly, our time is going really fast this morning, but we're going to shoot straight to a story about Zacchaeus. And you can read up on this story a bit, a bit later. You might know him or heard of this story in Luke chapter 19, so you can check that later on. But Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up to a sycamore tree to see what he could. Brilliant. There's a few people that went to kids' church and still remember that song, right? So Zacchaeus was, was a man. He, he, was, he was a tax collector, the Bible says, and, and he heard that Jesus was coming through Jericho at the time. He was passing through, and, and, and Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, and, and by, but he was a tax collector. He was hated. He was despised. He, he, he'd gained his wealth by, by almost like selling his people out and working for the enemy, and, but then taking money off them like their taxes, but taking more than what he needed to at times. He was, they, they would say he's a thief. So as you look through scripture, you'll see that, that how despised he was or how, how hated he was is that, is that the religious people of the day, would, they would pray, oh God, thank you that I'm not a, a murderer and an adulterer and a tax collector. They, they weren't very like people. And Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was coming uh, through the city, and, but because he was short, he couldn't see Jesus in the crowd. So he runs ahead, climbs up, up this tree just to be able to gain a glimpse of Jesus. Jesus comes and is like his entourage is coming down the street. Jesus sees him, immediately points him out and says, Zacchaeus, get down from that tree. Today, I'm, we're going to go for lunch. We're going to have a chat about it. I wish I was a fly on the wall then. What did Jesus say to him? Because the, the religious people right then, or the, the people, the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees were, were around there, the people of the law were, were there, and they were grumbling. They were not happy people at all. Why is Jesus, why is this man taking someone out for lunch that he should be despising, that he should be rebuking, that he should be getting up in their face and saying, you're a thief? All Jesus did is say, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your place. Let's go. Immediately, Jesus, he, he, he could have said that, he could have really got up on his, you know, he could have got on his Facebook page and, and typed in some pretty grumpy things about, you're this, you're that. You don't deserve to have lunch with Jesus. But Jesus didn't. He said, Zacchaeus, come on, get down from that tree. You look like a short person up a tree. <laughs> get down from that tree. Let's go and hang out. Because there's some things we need to talk about. I, I, what, what an incredible approach. 
to, to not go on the offensive, to tell them everything that's wrong, not to give the opinions of whatever's wrong with this person. He probably would have had right to, right, we would say today, to express your freedom of speech. But Jesus didn't do that. He, he decided to go down the path of showing love. Let's work this out. Let's get together and talk things through. How many people know here that sometimes it's really hard to influence an enemy? How many people know here that sometimes it's almost impossible to influence someone that doesn't like you? Almost impossible. And, and I want to kind of paint a picture today of, of navigating this in this part number one of this series, just how Jesus treated Zacchaeus, that, that maybe throughout the love that we have in our hearts that God tells us to reach out to love God and to love other people, maybe there's an opportunity for us to show love and influence them for the kingdom of God. See, it's, an, it's an amazing thing here. See, see, it's really hard to influence people if they don't like you or if they don't like us. But here's the thing. If someone is drowning at sea, they don't care what scriptures you can quote or their real religious background, right? They don't care if you can, if you can translate the Greek word or the Hebrew word into life raft. They just want you to throw them a life raft. John Maxwell says this, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And, and I want to come from this aspect today of, of, of let love be a priority in our dealings with people, just like the way that we, God has shown love for us, but how much we want other people to love us as well. That love is a, is a key. The Bible says that, that in John chapter 13, verse 34, uh, it says this, a new command I give you to love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And get this, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples. How? Why? If you love one another. Love is a powerful key, powerful tool. And, and, and just, just because of the sake of time, and there's so much, I, I had to cut this message right in half, about from 20 pages down to five. That's not an easy thing to do. So I want to encourage you to, to look out scriptures, to check out the app, and to dig and dive into it some more yourself. But one of the greatest passages on love that we have in scripture is from 1 Corinthians 13. You can check it out after the service, it's packed full of powerful truths and principles. Uh, and, and as a verse by verse, if you were to study that, you would come up with some conclusions that without love, there's a few things that we will discover. Without love, we will discover that all I say is ineffective. Without love, my, my words don't matter anymore if you are, if you are not coming to me with, with, without love. Because, because our words, we like, but I'm right. In every situation, I'm right, you're wrong. I'm right. You know what? It doesn't matter if you are right or you are wrong. It's not about winning arguments. I think we're living in a day where it's more about winning hearts for Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1, it says this, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I'm going, to do, I'm going to ask for a volunteer right now. I've pre-picked a, a volunteer right now. Peter, uh, I want Peter, could you, I don't want to embarrass you too much, but could you stand up? Uh, and I want you to, uh, to memorize or to put out one of the scriptures that you just love. That's quite a good example too. Peter, your scripture. 
sorry, sound guys about that. Oh, not good. Oh, they tuned me back on. Sometimes our actions are more important than the words we use. Sometimes without love, you may have the greatest, most eloquent, biblical things to say. But you can do it in a way where there's not one ounce of love on board. And it will be just like that. People won't hear. People won't see. You'll be just like a clanging cymbal without love. Second thing is this, without love, it's gone really quiet. I don't want you to be quiet, be noisy. Without love, all I know is insignificant. They say that our knowledge, our, the knowledge of our world is increasing every, is doubling every two to three years. It means we're getting smarter, we're getting more knowledgeable, and at the same time the world is getting worse and worse and worse. 1 Corinthians 13, 2, it says, If I have a gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge... I have not love. I am nothing. Without love, all I believe is insufficient. You know that it's not enough to just believe there is a God. The devil believes that there's a God. Believing it is not enough. It's when you, but it's when you attach some of the behaviors. What Jesus Christ has done for us, it's when you attach Jesus to your life. Everything changes. 1 Corinthians 13, 2. It says, if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. Without love, all, is, all I give is incomplete. And this church is an amazingly generous church, but, but the reality is that, that the amount that you give does not matter. It's the spirit, it's the heart with what you do give that matters. 1 Corinthians 13, 3. If I give all my possessions to the poor, but I have not love, I am nothing. Without love, all I accomplish is inadequate. See, a lot of people value accomplishment, and all of us one day, the truth is all of us one day are going to be given like an audit by God. We're all going to be standing in front of God one day and to give an account of, of what we've done, with how we've lived our lives. And now let's be clear, your, your heaven or your hell is uh, that destination is not based on what you do, it's based on how you see Jesus. If you've accepted Jesus, and it's only by his grace that gets us into heaven. 1 Corinthians 13, 3, I could, if I give over my body to hardship, that I may boast in the things I've done, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Can, can you see the picture here of the importance that, that God is, is saying about, about loving him, about loving others? And, and as a priority, I, I kind of see that in our culture of our world right now, is that is that we, we find it easy to go on an offensive, but I just wonder if, what if we changed our strategy or looked at a, a different strategy of, of what's happening in our world and, and, and trying to influence our world rather than attack it? It's about winning the hearts of men and women and children. And sometimes I, I think oh, we, we can be so well-meaning, but we can also draw a line that is so not loving, that people won't listen to the message. I'm not saying that we, that we give up everything we have. All I'm saying is let's go with it with the eyes of love. Jesus is our defender. God is the defender of our, of our souls, of our faith. But, but the hearts of men and women, young people and children, those who are going to a Christless eternity, 
I think that, that you know, whether you believe in end times and, and when that end times is, whether it's next week, next month, next year, or 50 years' time, let's be ready. Let's be ready. Let's win as many people as we can for Jesus Christ, for the kingdom of God. So how do we navigate this shifting culture of love and, and still love and influence others? Well, the first thing is, is simply this, is that we serve them. You know, in your workplaces, in your homes, in our, in our neighborhoods, we serve people. We find a need and do something about it because your actions speak louder than words. I think Zacchaeus, when Jesus invited Zacchaeus for lunch, his actions kind of opened up the room for conversations to be able to speak the truth, to be able to speak love. Zacchaeus was turned around giving half of his, giving his possessions away and people that he had he'd dishonored or he'd robbed, he gave back four times as much. There was a total transformation. See, and at the heart of the dream team in this church is the desire to serve people. And we just have the best dream team. I thought that our creative team was outstanding today and our welcomers were just amazing here. But there's one particular job that, uh, that particularly Stephen and Jason do uh, most, most weeks. And we have three flags out on the grass area. And you might think, wow, what an insignificant job, or you know, why would we even bother with sticking flags out? Well, well, we heard this week the stories from two families that have come to church because they drove past going to New World, saw our flags, and thought, oh, let's pop them here, see what's going on here. Two families that haven't left. <laughs> Small jobs that make a difference in people's lives. Small jobs that... Uh, that help people to encounter a living and loving God. Small jobs, and that's you. That's what you do on the dream team, week in and week out. It's such an, an incredible story that who knows what would have happened in the lives of these families if they hadn't seen those flags and kept going through their lives without Christ. Changed by flags. Amazing. Amazing. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19, 19, it says, Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone. Why? as to win as many as we can. How do we, number two, how do we navigate a shifting culture with love and influence too? Number two is by setting an example for them. Matthew 5, 6, you may have heard this scripture, and uh, it says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. I was in Nelson just a, a few weeks ago, and, I, uh, and a man in a service, and a man jumped up during their crunchy bar time and said, I went to Mitre 10 Mega this week, and I saw one of the staff members, and, and I could see he was limping around, so I stopped him in the, in the sore aisle, and I said, can I pray for you? Like, oh, well, that's pretty bold. Pretty bold in Mitre 10 Mega. Well, you're trying to buy a drill, and you end up praying for somebody. But he did, and the man said, what, what, what was the man going to say, no, or, yeah, sure thing? And the man said, yeah, sure thing. He prays for him, and then it gets kind of interrupted by a customer, because it looked a bit funny down the sore aisle. Uh, but he, as, as he prayed for him, and, and the man was thinking about him and praying for him all week, he went back the next week, found the staff member, and said, how's your leg? And he said, uh, this, it's totally fine. Something happened last week when you prayed for me on Saturday morning at Maritain Mega. <laughs> see, see, setting an example for your, for your children or, or your families is really important. It's not about hiding your light under a bushel. It's not about turning your light out, but it's about living your life. Uh, another story I heard this week, we, we have a Friday morning prayer meeting, 6 to 7 every, every Friday morning, so you can come, 6 o'clock every morning. Amazing Tim, one of the guys uh, come this week and said uh, that he, he went to work after that, that prayer meeting, and, 
And the person that they work with said, there's something different about you today. He said, well, I've just been to church and been to a prayer meeting. Something maybe really small. But it's letting your light shine and, and believing that, God, you're going to use something that I, I am or that I say for your glory. Let your light shine before men so they can praise our God, our Father in heaven. Third and final thing, band, you could come right now. It would be great. How do we navigate a shifting culture with love and influence? Number three is by sharing Christ with them. Uh, 1 Peter 3.15, it says this, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Have you ever heard the saying, sharing is caring? How much do you care for your family? How much do you care for your workmates? Maybe your, your friends. How much do you care for the people in your neighborhood? Because sharing is caring. There's a, there's a myth out there that to share Christ or to, to share the gospel is you have to memorize at least 55 scriptures and be able to uh, speak really loudly on top of a wooden box on the street corner and, and have a great big large Bible. If you do that, wonderful, you keep going. But there's a lot of us that, that kind of makes us really nervous or, or we might say that's not who I am or what my abilities are. But here's the thing. We all have an ability to invite. We can all invite. And, and imagine what would happen in our, in our city if we were to all invite someone to church, say, next week, like, like we invited them out for coffee. You can invite people for coffee. We can invite people for dinner. Well, what about letting your light shine? Maybe that's your first step. Is just to, hey, why don't you come with us next week, 9 or 11? My kids' programs are fantastic. You'll have fun. They'll give you a crunchy bar. Why don't, you, why don't you do it this week? Why don't you share Christ or we'll take the first step in the journey of leading someone to the Lord? Maybe imagine what would happen in your workplace or your, your school or your, or your home. Even if you were to share online, why don't you share some things online? That could be the first big, bold step for some. To, to share uh, some, some content that's, that really shows what you believe in. Why don't you influence your friends, your family with the, with the gospel? When, whenever we, how we do our very, very best here, that, that whenever to be consistent week in and week out. And my, my goal is to, to give you confidence that when you invite some friends or family members, maybe someone that's never, ever set foot in a church before, is that when, they, when you do and they say, yes, we'll do the best we can to, to share the gospel to them in a, in a relevant way. Believing that Holy Spirit is the one who saves and who speaks. And so next week, if you were to take up this challenge, here's what you do. You replace church for coffee. Hey, would you like to go to for coffee with me? Put church in there. Hey, would you like to come to church with me? See, easy, eh? You should try it. We can all invite people for coffee, but sharing is caring. There's some things coffee will actually uh, affect you in different ways than church will, right? Maybe that's your challenge this week. To step out. To invite. Maybe to share Christ. Maybe for you it's it's about setting a fresh example in your workplace of someone that loves the Lord. Maybe for you it's finding that need in your community, being the, being the best you can for your neighbours. 
Maybe that's your first step this week. To love first. And through loving people, influencing them for the gospel. Why don't you close your eyes right now? Father, I pray today that Lord, I thank you for your blessing upon this, these amazing people here today. And Lord, I gotta pray. Lord, we stand upon your word, oh God, that that your word is is life and is breath and is powerful, Lord God. It's, it's our guidebook for life. And Lord, and, and Father, I pray today that that Lord Jesus, that that the word of God, the, the deity of Christ, the like who you are, oh God. Lord, we hold that up high. Oh, we declare that you are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. Lord, you're supernatural. Lord, we want, we want to live, Father God, in our world to influence and, and love people according to your word, oh God. Not being wishy-washy. Not making it suit our own agendas, oh God. But, Lord, but Come in line with the kingdom of God here in this place, oh God. So Father, today, Lord, would you speak to us? Will you guide us? Will you help us? Lord, even people's faces flashing in front of our minds right now, Lord God, that challenge you're giving to some of us, oh God. Hallelujah. Wave your eyes closed and every head's bowed. And you know what? It all starts with Jesus. And God so loved the world, He gave His only Son to, to die on a cross for you and for me. And you might say, oh, that's my first time in church here. Why would He do that? Well, well, He did that because there was no way for us to have a relationship with Him without paying a price. And God loved you so much that He sent His Son to die on a cross to take your sin and my sin upon Himself. That when He died and shed His blood, that, that, that would pay the price, like an atoning price that would pay your debt. So we didn't have to. It was incredible love. He rose again on the third day, taking the power and giving it back to us. That we may be free and know what it is to have a relationship and intimacy with God. Maybe you're here this morning. You might say, Daryl, I've, I've never taken that step or I don't know how. And what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to I'm going to pray a real simple prayer. If you would like to say, can I invite you right now? If, if you've never said yes to Jesus, given your life to Him, this is how, how you do it, real simple. I'm going to pray a real simple prayer. And just silently in your heart, why don't you repeat this after me? Just pray this. Pray, dear God, today, I choose to give you my life. Forgive me of my sin. Thank you for paying the price for me. Today, I step over a line. And I choose to love you and give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. And just while every eye is still closed, if you said yes to Jesus, we're not going to embarrass anybody, not going to call anybody out. But if you said yes to Jesus, I want you to be bold and be brave. And I'm going to count to three and on three, just lift your hand and down, saying, saying you're serious with it. this decision you've just made today. So on three, lift your hand if you said yes to Jesus. One, two, three. Three. Lift